Hello. G'day. <laughs> Welcome to First Time Parents. If you are new around here, I'm Heidi. I'm Griffo. And we are first time parents to Memphis, our little boy who is three years of age. Uh, we started this podcast when he was a week old um, and we've been documenting our life as first time parents. We had a little bit of a break there and we're back with season two, the toddler edition. That's it. Yeah, we've done a full solid year uh, for his first year and then I think we had the second year off and as you said, we're back now. So We're back to save our things, relationship. <laughs> things have changed a lot since then, that's for sure. Mm. Some good, some bad. But the concept is still the same. We're still sharing all our shitty and glorious moments and documenting our life as first-time parents. And plenty of them as well. Shitty moments or? Yeah, plenty of shitty, <laughs> but plenty of good too. Plenty of glorious moments. Well, um, I was just saying today, I guess, is a little bit of a special episode for me. I don't know how... It, 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 well, I suppose it's super special for you too. Yeah. Well, we are. Uh, do you want to say it or do you want me to say it? I want you to say it. Well, we are uh, talking. Uh, the topic today is Heidi's book that is going to be uh, launched, released on the 30th of October. Well, that's when we're having that's a house. official. That's when we're having a house party in Perth. So I've been writing a memoir and it's officially in bookstores on October 18. You can pre-order it now. Um, plug, but- plug, 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 <laughs> plug, plug. <laughs> I'll chuck all the links in show notes. But uh, the book is called Drunk on Confidence. And what, that's been about seven years in the making? Yeah. I, I think it was about seven years ago that I said to you, I'm going to write a book. Yeah, and I remember you sort of trying to put pressure on yourself to try and get it done and all this and that, and I'm like, just let it, you know, take its natural cause, like its its path. Course. Course, course, <laughs> one of those. <laughs> um, and you did, which is good, because I know sometimes you do get excited and do all these things, but you don't actually enjoy the journey, and I think mm. this is a, a really good reflection of how you've developed over the last few years of just letting things just allow them to un- unravel as they naturally should. Well, it's interesting because I think coming from radio, you would say something, you know, like you would talk to your co-host and you would have a what we would call like a talk break and it would go out into the world and that was it. Like it was three minutes and like, you know, you would prepare. It, it came and it went. And then, you know, what was next on the news cycle? And I guess that's a little bit like social media. It's like, you know, so quick and fast. Whereas this book has been a whole different process. And yeah. I actually remember being pregnant with Memphis, actually, and I decided that I was leaving radio. Oh, no, I must say, he must have been a few weeks old and was deciding that he was leaving radio. And I, I remember, like, he was on the boob and I'd be sitting out the back typing away. And I think it was when I was pregnant that I decided that I was going to finish it and release it literally as soon as he was born. Yeah. <laughs> and that didn't happen. I mean, it's been another three years on top of that. So it is definitely a... Um, Dragged it out for God's sake. But no, I think for the right reasons. Like I said, I feel like if you had released it back then, it would have been rushed. You would have missed things. And probably still you're going to look back and go, you could change things. I think we can always change things. But I think you let this ride out as best as you you, you know you could have done. So it's massive moment, huge moment. Yeah, well, on Friday, I think that's why we were going to share it. Because, well, one, I'm having a house party here in Perth and you can come along to the official book launch. So um, tickets are 149 or you can bring a friend for 99 If you're not in Perth, do not fear. I'm coming to the East Coast. Um, we'll chuck all the dates in, in the show notes, like I said earlier. Um, but books actually arrived at our house. So I'm sitting here with a hard copy 
pretty bloody of cool. the book, which we opened with our three-year-old son on Friday, and it was a very euphoric, surreal, surreal moment. Even just holding it, but then now I'm holding it, I feel like, oh yeah, this is what it's always going to be. Yeah, and because it has been in the making for a while, and then all the the proofreading and that, you yeah. probably find that you you know it so well now. But having it physically in your hands, definitely that sort of icing on the, ta- on the, on the cake. <laughs> I'm choking now. <laughs> <laughs> choking up? <laughs> but no, honestly, babe, it's, it's such a huge achievement and I've seen you throughout the last seven years put this book together. I actually haven't read Bugger All. I think I've read maybe a couple of pages. <laughs> Did you read the pages. back? I've read the back. You've read the, the back blurb. cover. Oh. And, um, you know, it's, it's such a cool thing to see you experience now that it's been released. And obviously the 30th of October is going to be a, an awesome day to celebrate the, the official launch of it. Um, I think you said you've got uh, pre-sales are already been out for a little while. Yeah, so you can pre-order so. it now online um, on any kind of like bookstore. Um, but, yeah, you can, you'll, get it, you'll be able to get it in hard copy in bookstores from October 18. I'm all for the hard copy. I like physical things. Well, you know? online you get it hard copy as well, but you just yeah, pre-order. Yeah, you know how people like you read a Kindle, and I get it. Oh, it's yeah, so convenient. But for me, I'm just I'm a bit old school like that. I like paper and pen. I like something physical. Yeah. Um, the only thing about Kindle is I have got a little bit addicted just buying books. Like I bought three books on Kindle last week. Jesus. Because I know they weren't mine. <laughs> um, but I but we thought because this book is. Like, what does it have to do with being first-time parents? And I think why I wanted to share this because I had such a big moment of, um, I guess, my body confidence breakthrough when I was pregnant. And then I tell these stories in the book. And that's why, you know, I wanted to kind of talk about this because I feel like that so many women have pressure or even men, like, because, you know, we... Absolutely, yeah. You know, it doesn't matter what gender. Yeah, that, um, you know, well, I was going to say for a woman to bounce back after baby and one of the chapters in my book is it's very focused on how everyone just kept saying how much weight I'd lost and, oh, you've, oh, you've, you look so good. No, afterwards. Yeah. Oh, you look so good. And I was like the focus isn't on the baby or the mum's mental health. The focus is on her body and, like, that is not – that's not to say – if you've done or mentioned that to someone that you're doing wrong, because I yeah. have done it as well, hands yeah. up. I think it's but a I guess natural it's thing to say and it's, which, a, it's a pick-me-up. It's not a, you know, if you don't receive that comment, it doesn't mean you're not doing well. Some people just, that's the way their brain thinks this and is, it's just a nice comment. But, but, but this, no, see, I, it's not a nice but comment. But it's, and it's this a great is, disagree. It's no, a but, person's but listen, opinion as well because someone is, might be like, oh, bless, that's such a nice thing to say. Thank but you. But this is what's so important about all of the work that I do, that we're so much bigger than our weight and we're we're so much, there's so many other things that we could talk about. There's so many other things that, and that's society pressure of like magazines, ads, um, you know, for women to have that validation. Now, don't get me wrong, when I wrote about this, because you meet all the voices in my head in this well, book. give us a quick spin as yep. to what it's about. Okay, so it's called... people have a clue. Well, it's called Drunk on Confidence, and basically it's... Oh, how about I read you the back cover? I'll read you the back cover. Okay, so being drunk on confidence is not some throwaway phrase for an inspirational Insta caption. It's a lifestyle, a complete shift in perspective that will help you feel empowered and confident every day. Radio and TV personality Heidi Anderson was always the girl who wore a cardigan in summer to cover her arms and board shorts to the beach on the rare occasion she dared to go. 
She spent years hating herself, silencing her body demons through sex, booze, and boys. Heidi knows what it's like. Heidi knows what it's like. I keep thinking that I'm going to find like a spelling error on like the main page and I'm like, oh my God, did I just find You wrote it, there's going to be plenty of them. (laughs) There probably will be. Um, Heidi knows what it's like to feel alone, to deal with debilitating anxiety daily and to constantly try to please people pretending to be okay on the outside while suffering crushing insecurities on the inside. After breaking down on live radio to hundreds of thousands of listeners and making the nerve-wracking confession, I wish I could sit here and tell you that I love myself because that's what people expect me to say, but I can't. I absolutely hate my body. She experienced a life-changing moment. Her gut-wrenching admission forced her to embrace her vulnerabilities, challenge her old beliefs, and learn how to say a big fat fuck you to unrealistic beauty standards and a big up yours to all diets and society's expectations. Heidi is unapologetically authentic. Her memoir is filled with honesty, humor, and home truths. She will show you how how she dealt with her inner mean girls that told her she wasn't skinny enough, good enough, or simply that other people mattered more than she did. She'll inspire you to stop worrying what other people think and take your power back. Well, there you go. That sums it up pretty well. So So that's, yeah. So you meet the inner mean girls, and that's what I was going to say with, like, when people were commenting on my weight a lot. Like, that was always the validation that I always sought after so my yeah so my mean girls were like oh this is good like people are noticing and then I I was like hang on a sec the conversation is so much bigger than me it's not about the weight it should be about like how are you doing like mum like you know you know checking but in come with on, the mum people would have done that you can't just say it was no, just no there's so know. many it's but even like, hey, now you look good and they walk away don't even ask you about your kid but even now the first thing people <laughs> will say is like oh you've lost weight or you've done this or you've done that and so i guess for me this whole book is about when that is the most important thing and the first thing that we say to people like there is an issue in society and that's what I kind of tackle in this book. And, you know, I talk about from being like that young girl going through high school who, you know, had disordered eating to then the voices in my head getting really, really loud. Like there's one chapter in here that I actually feel so sad for teenage Heidi and then I have to remember it's me, like that it happened to me. I just had my first kiss. I don't even know if I've told you this story. I just had my first kiss with a boy called Matthew and we're all at the park and all the girls were like, yeah, go hides, go hides. And I was wearing, I still remember what I was wearing, like a grey sports girl t-shirt and we had this kiss and it was like my first pash. And I must have been in year seven or year eight and by year nine I was having sex. (laughs) That's pretty much what happened in Bathurst. But my first kiss and I remember his friends walking away and they laughed and they were like ha ha you kissed the fat one pretty sad and i still remember that voice in my head going which you know you'll meet all the different characters like they're all called different things like people pleasing polly um negative nelly um self-loathing sally and i remember self-loathing sally just going told you so and that's pretty much what you'll hear through all the stories that I tell in my life, that my weight has always been the first thing people say, positive or negative. Yeah. And then so, of course, then I've spent my life feeling like that's what mattered and that, you know, then there were other things that, you know, like, oh, my belief was that I had to be skinny to be successful. And you saw me when we first got together. I was always dieting. I was on every, I tried every single diet under the sun. Yeah. 
but yeah, like yeah. how sad is that? Poor little 12, 13 year old Heidi. And it is hard, I think. I mean, obviously, you're doing awesome things here, but I do think it's quite hard to get that to really resonate with people of that age. And, you know, people are mean when they're young, they don't understand the, the repercussions or what impact that can have on that person's life you know, their, their entire life, not just that moment of feeling shit or, you know, yeah, getting something bad said about them. And it is crazy to think that that can impact people and obviously that's something that has, you know, hung on to you and you've done a lot of work over the last few years of trying to work through that and leave that chapter behind and move on for the, you know, for the better of yourself. Well, I think what's interesting in this book is like, then for whatever more, like I always saw, like uh, my those voices were always getting validated by things. Do you know what I mean? Like when my one of my best friends kissed my boyfriend and, you know, had I, you know, I always was friends always, the, my, the guys always wanted to have sex with my friends and never me. Like I was always the fun one that they would hang out with and drink beers with or whatever. But it's interesting that you say that because I did a radio, uh, did a newspaper interview for the book the other day. And one of the journalists said to me, like, do you have any regrets? Like, you know, and I said, it's interesting because writing this book, I'm saying that I'm unapologetically me. But I said, speaking of mean stuff, I was also mean in my past as well. And it came back to me when I got a public profile and a girl that I went to school with has like been messaged me a few times saying how I was mean to her and this and that and I got a a troll message basically it was pretty hectic but I said to this journalist I was like yeah I said I'm not happy with some of the ways that I've treated people I'm not happy with some of my past behaviors but I said to get to being unapologetically me today you have to accept yourself and you have to accept that I can't change that and I really am fucking sorry for the things that I've said too and for the way that I've treated myself, for the way that I've treated other people, my mum, my brother, my dad, those girls at school that that I was mean to that felt like I was a bitch to them. I'm fucking sorry and I think I can't have got to this place if I haven't reflected on that and taken ownership and, you know, there's a chapter in the book that says, like, sorry for being one of the mean girls and I say if, if anyone who... I've ever made feel like shit, please get in contact with me because I want to apologise. Yeah. You know? And so it's funny that when you said that, like with the boys, I was like, yeah, like I, I feel that. And that's how obviously some people must feel as well from like when, you know, I'd been mean to them and stuff too. But um, yeah, the whole book is about building confidence and like stepping into that. And, you know, a lot of mine started with body confidence but I think, like I said, to get to that confident person that I am today, to start a podcast with you, to put myself out there on social media, to put myself out there in radio or whatever, I've had to be reflective and I've had to be take ownership of who I am as a person. Yeah. Going back to things, I think everyone's probably somewhat guilty along the lines of mistreating people and you know, you hope the things you've done when you weren't really uh, in tune with yourself and the, knowing the impacts, you hope that the people that have been affected can move on and people can learn from, I guess, our own wrongdoings, our mistakes. And mm. it does suck because you can't change what has happened, but you can only, like you say, reflect on that and become a better person and pass on your wrongdoings so other people can learn and, and sort of try and make society a better place. I mean... School is a pretty nasty place for a lot of people, you know. It's it's a shame and I'd love for it to change mm. uh, f- 
forever, but I don't know if that's ever going to happen because I think when people get together and they're young, they do become mean and it, it sucks and you just hope the system, they're really working on that because it can fuck people up for a long time. Oh. Um, but I don't know what the answer is except for just, you know, like I said, just reflecting on the bad things you've done and then passing on to others so they can try and make the place a better um, place for everyone. So, But your book, obviously, yeah, it's, it's sad that you've got these memories you've written down into this book of the sad times that you yeah. lived with, you know, and was dealing with. So, And, you know, I, I guess, like I said, what I wanted to share is, and I'm getting ready to read a chapter for you, is I think as first-time parents, so much of my confidence, you know, I talk about being drunk on confidence, which because I was always the girl that was drunk to get her confidence and now I don't need alcohol to be confident. But being a mum is one area. I did a confidence class the other day and I said being a mum is one area that I would like to have more confidence because I do question myself and I do get in my head. And so although I found this confidence within my body when I was pregnant and I had my breakthrough moment, which I speak about in the book, which I'll read a little bit to you in a second, there's still areas in my life that I I am a work in progress and I'm no expert and that's not, I think, what I really want people to know that just because I'm drunk on confidence, the book's about confidence and building inner confidence and going from lost and anxious to self-assured and confident, it doesn't mean that I'm confident 24-7 or that I'm 100% confident in all areas. You you can't physically be. Um, Everyone's going to have a weakness somewhere and that weakness is completely fine and normal. Um, But, yeah, how can you be a confident parent full stop all the time? I don't think that's possible. You try to, that's what you work to, you know, to try and be. But as long as you're enjoying the journey and not being hard on yourself that you're, you know, you're not enjoying it because you're so caught up in not being this confident mother, um, that that sucks, but, you know. Well, I definitely think we could delve more into that in other episodes because it is definitely an area where I do question myself and I do, you know, especially when he's having those big emotional um, outbursts and stuff, sometimes I have 50,000 opinions of other people or things that I've read going through my mind and I think, fuck, I'm going to fuck him up in this moment of how I react and this and that and rah, rah, and I go into that fight or flight. And that is an area that I want to get, build more confidence in that I know what I'm doing is right and I think that will only happen in time as well but it's mm. it definitely is an area that I think we could delve more into in the potty yeah I don't think it's what you're doing I think it's just more of a how you can deal with that in yourself because mm. what you do is is great maybe I, I should read my book any, I don't think you've got any issues <laughs> this obviously is all about Heidi this episode so I'll let her have her uh, red carpet moment oh no no I meant like being uh, that was a joke like oh, i was uh, like haha uh, maybe i should read my I book i didn't get that <laughs> no <laughs> like right, do you know what i mean on. let's get into it um okay so this one so it's called drunk on confidence and this is this is a chapter called my new inner voice and i thought for reflecting on you know being first time parents this is where i had a big breakthrough after Memphis Ari Anderson Griffiths was born, my entire relationship with the way I saw myself changed. The shift started when I was 30 weeks pregnant. I still remember clear as day standing on the beach in Broome, Western Australia, in my newly purchased bikini, thinking I will not pass on this negativity to my unborn child. He or she will not speak to themselves the way I have. 
It was from that day forward that I made the promise to love myself unconditionally like I would my child. I was 35 years of age and 30 weeks pregnant when I decided to buy a bikini and wear it and it changed my entire life. And if we are being super real, if this didn't happen, I'm not sure if I would be writing this book. One of my mates suggested I buy a bikini when I told her I was looking for swimmers for our baby moon. At first, I thought she was crazy and ignored her terrible idea. I've spent my entire life hiding my belly, but while I was trying on swimmers in Target just before we left, I kept hearing the voice say, who cares what people think? You're pregnant. In that moment, I decided, yep, fuck it, YOLO. This might be the only time I ever rock a two-piece and let it all hang out. So I bought the $30 bikini and I've rocked every, and I've rocked every part of me while wearing it. The day I put it on and strutted to the beach, Griffo was shocked. He honestly couldn't believe what he was seeing. I had him take at least 5,000 photos of me in the bikini with my bump out because in my whole existence on earth, I've only ever worn a bikini twice. And on those couple of occasions, I was still giving a shit and caring what people thought. The very first time I wore a bikini was for Instagram. I'd lost heaps of weight and just pretended my body image issues had gone with the weight loss so I could get a pic and write an inspirational message next to it. Looking back, it was also fake and just for validation. I still had so much hate towards my body and myself. The second time was in Cuba. Once again, I'd lost a heap of weight, so I thought, stuff it. I'll wear a bikini. But after just one swim, I felt self-conscious and uncomfortable. I binned it and went back to wearing a full-piece swimsuit. The sense of freedom I felt on the beach in Broome that day hasn't left me. Not caring about what I look like, not caring what people think and not and not stopping to think about being pale or concerned about my cellulite, backflab or tummy rolls is an attitude I genuinely hope to pass on to my son. It wasn't easy, but every day I made small changes to my mindset. Whenever I saw myself starting to talk negatively about my body, I changed the story. Everybody has a story and everybody deserves to be celebrated for all its glory. I no longer want to waste time hating on myself. I want to celebrate all my beautiful imperfections. So instead of calling myself a fat fuck or a disgusting, ugly cow, I started to celebrate me and change and celebrate me and change to a new inner voice that had the following mantras. Everybody needs to be loved and everybody has a story to tell. I've always been petrified of dying, hello anxiety, but having a child really made me think about my mortality more than ever before. And I know this sounds dark, I just birthed my baby boy, but this train of thought really changed my perspective on life. Was I living my best life if I died tomorrow? Because tomorrow is not guaranteed for any of us. So have I given life my best shot today? I thought long and hard about this one. I'd wasted years and years worrying about what people had thought of me, how many calories I'd eaten that day and how much exercise I had done. If I die tomorrow, I sure as hell don't want to have lived my last day worried about what the fuck I looked like. The time was now. I needed to fuck these hang-ups off in 2019 and show the world how amazing our bodies are and give myself the love and kindness I deserve. So days after my son was born, I stood in front of the mirror, pulled my pants down so I could see my C-section scar and I changed the story. I cried. This is me and my beautiful tummy. For years I hid it from the world. I wouldn't even let Griffo touch it. As I looked at my tummy, I said to myself, I need to show my son how to love my body for all it does. Everybody has roles when they sit, so fuck it. Today I'll let mine hang out. A quote I live by, which is not mine and from an unknown source is... To lose confidence in one's body is to lose confidence in oneself. Take care of your body. It's the only place you have to live in. To love yourself as you are as you are, is a miracle and to see yourself is to have found yourself for now. 
After capturing myself in this moment with a picture of all my beautiful wobbly bits, I decided to sit down and write Memphis a letter, a promise to both of us from this day forward. It read, this one always makes me teary. To my dearest son, Memphis, thank you for teaching me to love my body in all its glory. For years, I hated on myself and battled loving all my wobbly bits, but something happened in pregnancy carrying you. I made a promise to teach you and show you what true love was. I promise to respect myself and honour my body and all it has endured. My body made you. It created you, all of you, your little fingers and your little toes. And then it carried you for nine whole months. How clever is that? Never again will I take my body for granted. Life is too short to waste years hating on it. On September 5th, it wasn't just you who was born. I was too, your mum. And I promise to never waste another second beating myself up because of what I've eaten or what I look like. My beautiful pouch will always be a reminder of you. Memphis Ari Anderson Griffiths. My beautiful boy, I promise to guide you through life and show you through my own behaviour how to love and embrace ourselves and that beauty is more than what you look like. I love you. I posted this letter with my postpartum tummy pics on social media and it was published by news outlets talking about how brave I was to post such pics. I love that the media got around this conversation and had my toilet selfie go viral. We need to normalise women's bodies for all the shapes, sizes and overhangs they have, especially post-baby, but I don't believe it was brave to do so. This is why this conversation and chapter is important to have because this should just be the norm. Pretty powerful, hey? <laughs> It's amazing how much um, I think having a kid does change your your life. Um, I think it opens your eyes up. I think it it does allow you to accept yourself and, you know, you really, I think, start thinking about, not that you had bad morals or whatever, but you think of how you want to bring your kid up and then it might... Or values. Yeah, make you look at yourself and go, what is important to me? Mm. What have I been wasting my time? Time becomes even more sensitive and precious, I think, when you have a kid because you do think... Hey, I'm here now, but what's tomorrow? Who knows? Yeah. So, and that's not to say you got to go crazy every day because live it like it's your last no. day. Some people might do, that's fine. But I think for us, it's more about just appreciating the good moments because there are definitely a lot of shitty moments. And um, I think sometimes as well, just to be kind to yourself because, yeah, like you said, you beat up yourself for a long time, wasted a lot of time and been sabotaging yourself, which fucking sucks. Mm. But with the work you've done, the commitment you put in, um, you've got yourself in a really good place and always got things to work on. We never stop. Um, but, yeah, proud of you. And, honestly, he's a lucky guy to have you as a mum. So, oh, don't make me cry Yeah, again. it certainly does um, just make you reflect of how, who you are as a person and what your morals are and really working on them to pass it on to your kid because you want them to have those morals because they're great morals. I don't want him to hate Raised. himself like I did for so long. And, you know, that's what I – that was why when I made that promise at the beach that day, I was like, I can't, he can't hate him, his body. And that's why, you know, when I'm rubbing his arms and putting his cream on or I'm talking to him when we're in the shower, I'm like, your arms are so beautiful and they cuddle your mummy and your legs will carry you around the world wherever you want to go. Like, do you know what I mean? I'm trying to instill that into him. Yeah. And it's – it, it, it sometimes feels unnatural because I haven't been used to saying that, you know, but it's those things that I, you know, like when he looks in the mirror, I want him to know that he's strong and like, you know, when he's using his arms, I'm like, you're using your big strong muscles so that he has like this self-esteem instilled in him in and, yep. you know, which is our parents did the best that they could with what they had, of course. you know, and that's, I think, like 
I love my mum and dad and, you know, I feel like sometimes they're remaking their parenthood with like Memphis now, you know, and everyone is doing the best that they can. But for me, it's like this is a really such an important part of him not going through that his whole entire life. Yeah. I think we do waste a lot of time on on the stupid things and unfortunately we are our worst critic and you do have those repeated thoughts and, yeah, you just go, God, I wasted a lot of time. Mm. I mean, we've all got little things that bother us and it sucks that we do. Uh, Society's probably a lot to blame but also... It's just seeking that uh, validation in yourself um, that sometimes doesn't happen. So mm. you then go to the sabotage and then meanwhile it's, yeah, you know, taking a lot of your time and effort up, which yeah. is just, it's, it's a waste, you know? Well, thank you so much, Cutie, for supporting me through all of this process and just always being my number one cheerleader because you have like, and there's a chapter in my book about you how... You know, there's everyone says, oh, you can't love yourself. You can't find love until you love yourself. And in the chapter that I write about you, I was like, well, I don't believe in that because you helped me find that love for myself by who you are, what you represent and... Represent. Like, you know, like in your <laughs> yeah. morals and values and life. And I thought that was meant for them, but it's a crow. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the way that you have seen me and loved me, all parts of me unconditionally. Love you, Dale. <laughs> so thank you. We just had a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> they would have heard it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and thank you to you because this book is for you and the amount of people that I have messaging me about anxiety and motherhood and, um, you know, business these days and confidence and shedding your shit, like, Honestly, this is why I wrote the book because so many people have seen the transformation that I've been on and the journey that I've been on and they want to know, what is it? Like, you know, how do I do it? How can I push through this? How can I, you know, challenge my mental health and, you know, build that confidence? And so this is literally, this book is for you. Love you, Dale. That's <laughs> awesome stuff. So if you do want to buy it, you can, this is where you need to come in and be like the person that. You know, no, I'm the guy that sells merch. I'm just so <laughs> he actually, table. so w- with the house party that we're having in, um, with the podcast live podcast show I just did, Griff was selling all the merchandise, the cock um, candles, the cock candles, the champagne confidence and drunk on confidence merchandise. So we're going to have t-shirts, cock candles, affirmation cards, now books. Woo! Yep. Um, so if you do want to come to the ultimate house party, we are officially opening our house up. Uh, on October 30 at 10 a.m. It's a hired house. Um, <laughs> I don't think Griffo would have let me have you all here, but I would have. Um, so if you want to come along, tickets are now on sale. It's going to be an epic morning. And basically I'm bringing this book to life. And I know we know that people are all over the world listening to this podcast. So gutted that you can't be there. Um, I will be going to the East Coast, so I'll chuck in those dates for you to come along um, to my free events on the East Coast in Melbourne and Sydney. And then, yeah, would just love to know if you get the book, tag me, get around it, um, share it with your friends. It's, yeah, you don't make money from a book. It's definitely all about the passion that I had to create impact and to for people to pick it up and to actually 
they know that they can change their lives and they've got a cheerleader in their corner and that's me. So You're doing awesome things, babe. Proud yeah. of you. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for listening and uh, I hope you enjoyed that chapter. Um, just a sneaky little plug here before we wrap up. Oh, I did yeah. read the first chapter of the book on my other podcast, Champagne Confidence. Probably get in trouble from my publisher for that because that's two chapters now you would have heard if you go over there. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think she even has listened to this podcast, so... We're fine. Big Sky Publishing, massive love to them. Um, but don't tell them I just read another chapter. <laughs> um, but, yeah, love, love, love you guys. Uh, thank you so much for your support and uh, love you, cutie. Love you too. This okay. one's for you, Memphis. <laughs> <laughs> Righto, we'll talk soon. Okay, bye. See ya.